The text for today's sermon is in the book of Genesis, chapter 25. We're continuing the series of sermons from the book titled Sermons on Election and Reprobation by the minister John Calvin. And we're using as the basis for the sermon read the, um, the Old Paths Publications edition of, edition of 1996. So he takes for his text Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 through 23. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah his wife conceived, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. We saw in the first sermon on this text how God proved the faith of Isaac before he gave him any offspring. In fact, for the space of 20 years. Now to the end we should know that he prayed not to God in vain, seeing that God heard his request, the which tended to this, that God might send the Savior of the world by means of the seed that he had promised him. Now observe wherein it was that Isaac might rejoice, and not after the common manner. For his wife had been born a long time, and he saw that she had conceived, and that God had declared that he had not forgotten his promise. And after he knew that this was granted him, for as much as he had his recourse to God. But see a new temptation and which is more hard and more grievous to be born than if his wife had remained barren. For she conceived two children, the which struggled and strove together in her belly. Now this was a very hideous thing, and as it were against nature. And see wherefore also she said that it had been better that she had been dead. And this was not of any impatience that she spake thus, as if she had felt horrible torments and sorrows that had constrained her unto it but she looked up higher for she bare in her womb all the hope that might be had of the salvation of the world now in the meantime she sees such a combat that it seems that God overthrows all and that he would show therein a sign of his wrath to be short the thing is detestable of itself that there should be such a strife and battle in the womb of a woman. And this came not naturally, but God would now do, as we have seen, to Isaac and to her, that all they that should come of their seed after the flesh should not therefore be reputed of the number of the faithful, but rather that there should be mortal war amongst them. Now therefore, when she saw, instead of having the salvation of the world in her womb, such a sign of God his wrath, and as it were a devilish fight of deadly enemies of the church, she could not know the whole. But she perceived that if she had conceived to have such a combat, that this was as if God had been against her, and come with a main army to say, Thou art unto me as a detestable creature, and I have cast thee off and refused thee. In what case then is she when she imagines all these things? And so we ought not to think it strange if in such anguish she would rather have chosen to die than to see so monstrous a thing which was altogether contrary to the order of nature. Notwithstanding, it is said, that in this so great heaviness she left not off 
to have recourse unto God. And in very deed she obtained an answer to comfort her. Not but that there was also some grief mingled therewith, but yet God did moderate this passion that was so grievous unto her, and said that she had two peoples in her womb. As if he should have said that this was not only for the two children's sakes, which she bare, but that this had a farther respect. That is to say, that they should be divided, the one from the other. And howsoever both two were the sons of Abraham, and that it had been said unto Abraham that in his seed all the nations of the earth should be blessed, yet it must needs be that from Isaac such must descend as God should cut off from his church, who should be rejected, and so consequently should be the enemies of the church of God. Now it is very true that this might have wounded both Isaac and Rebekah with a deadly sorrow, but yet in the meantime they see that the goodness of God was not one bit quenched, and that God showed himself faithful in that he had once pronounced, for he had said, The elder shall serve the younger. Wherein Rebekah knew that of her, howsoever it should be, should come that blessed seed which had been promised. See in brief the whole that is here rehearsed. But all would be dark if it were not declared particularly. Let us note here then that they that are called into the church do not always remain there. As we have seen a notable example in Ishmael, who was the eldest son of Abraham, notwithstanding he was banished from the family. And it was said that he should not be here. And this was not of the riches of the world, nor of those possessions which Abraham had, for he was rich in cattle, in gold and silver, but he had not one foot of land. This heritage, therefore, to what had it respect? Even to the spiritual promise. That is to say, that God had chosen the seed of Abraham, which was as much to say, as this shall be a people that shall be dedicated to my service, and those that shall come of them will I receive and accept for my children, to the end I may gather them into everlasting life. Mark then how Ishmael, with his birthright, is cast from the hope of life. And it remains only to Isaac. And even so is it herein concerning Esau and Jacob. For both these were descended of Abraham. Yea, they were twins. Their mother bare them in one belly. Yet that one is received, and the other rejected. One is chosen, and the other refused. So then we see that they who for a time have place in the church and bear the title of the faithful and of the children of God may well be so accounted before men, but they are not written in the book of life. God knows them not, nor vouches them for his. Hereby we are admonished not proudly to vaunt ourselves nor to be drunken with stupid, foolish presumption when God shall show us this favor to bring us into his church. But let us walk in purity and labor to make sure our election and to have the testimony thereof in our hearts by the Holy Ghost and not to trust only to the outward title and appearance which we may pretend before the world. See what we have here to mark and moreover we are taught a far greater thing and that is in the first place that albeit God had established his covenant with Abraham yet notwithstanding he would declare that this was not all to have made offer of his grace but that it behooved 
that he chose according to his liberty such as he thought good and that the rest should remain in their cursed state and therefore St. Paul alleges this place to apply it to the secret election of God through which before the foundation of the world he chose those as seemed good unto him now this is a very high and profound matter but when it shall be declared farther everyone may make his profit of it so that we be attentive unto it and for the remnant let us receive that which the Holy Scripture shows unto us with sobriety and let us not desire to be wiser than is lawful for us but let us rest in that which God shall speak unto us and moreover let us be humble not to reply against him nor to bring forth our fantasies before him as though we would plead against God but acknowledging that his judgments are bottomless let us not search farther therein than is permitted unto us now it behooves that we handle these things in this way that that which at the first show seems to be dark be made more easy to us we have already seen that God has chosen Abraham's seed now if a man would ask why or by whom he was brought so to do he shall not find that Abraham was any worthier than others as we have already largely enough handled this matter observe then a privilege which was given to a certain family not flowing from any merit neither for that God found anything in their persons wherefore they ought to be preferred for they were no better nor more excellent than others but it pleased him so now it is very true that this will be hard for us to digest if we bring in our own judgment as there are a great sort of fanatical heads which cannot abide this doctrine for it seems good to them to reply against God but what, what profit they thereby in the end we have alleged that herein we must bring with us an humility for to reverence that which is hidden from us <clears throat> and indeed St. Paul has well showed us this by his example for instead of disputing the matter he cries out oh how wonderful are the judgments of God behold St. Paul who was altogether amazed he found himself astonished he that had been lifted carried up above the heavens he that had seen the secrets of God which was not lawful for man to utter St. Paul then who was as a man would say a companion of angels was found in this case to marvel and to be altogether confounded and what shall become of these scullions who have scarcely licked with the tip of their tongue one word of the law and gospel and yet nevertheless would go beyond St. Paul and yet men shall find this pride in very many but for our part let us return to that which is here showed us O man who art thou when therefore we will make a comparison between God and us who is God within what compass shall we enclose him shall it be within the compass of our brain and we have scarcely half an ounce of intelligence and in mean season God who closes his fist to hold the whole world as a grain of dust as Isaiah the prophet tells us and is not comprehended neither in heaven nor on earth who has an infinite power and infinite justice and wisdom and has incomprehensible counsels and yet for all that we must come to make him subject to our foolish fantasy and where too will this grow moreover who are we men says St. Paul by which word he means that we are nothing at all 
as if he should say must it be that you presume so much as to dare to inquire of the bottomless secrets of God seeing you are nothing but clay and dung and again what is your understanding you are full of sin and iniquity you are a poor blind one and yet you will that God shall make an account to thee and will you conclude that if you find not that which he does good and reasonable that you may accuse him and must he need hold up his hand at your bar now let us mark this admonition in the first place and let us know that our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us that we cannot do amiss to hearken and open our ears to inquire and search after that that it has pleased him we should know but let us take heed that we go not beyond it for there is no rage so great and outrageous as when we will know more than God does show us and moreover we shall have spun a fair thread if we apply all our senses and all our studies to that wherever it is that we shall come <clears throat> this shall be always to enwrap us so much the more in a labyrinth and maze unless we have the direction of God to show us the way let us therefore keep this mean that is to say to hearken to that which God does propound unto us and as soon as he shall once shut his mouth let us have all our understandings locked up and captive and let us not enterprise to know more than that he shall have pronounced unto us now therefore see how the stock of Abraham was chosen before all the rest of the world for as much as God so would but this was not yet enough for it behooves that his free election be yet better confirmed unto us and this is it that is here showed unto us in the person of two brethren for behold Rebekah which bare Jacob and Esau was the one better than the other St. Paul expounds this place in Romans chapter 9 verse 11 and they were not yet born how then could they have obtained favor and grace before God for their merits for Jacob had done neither good nor evil no more than Esau why then does God make him the greater it behooves not that we enter into any deeper disputation of this matter unless it be to adore with astonishment the secret counsel of God through which those which seemed good to him are elected and the other rejected see then how God would yet give greater glory and beauty to his mercy when he had chosen Jacob before Esau for indeed he might well have well placed Jacob the foremost when the infants should come forth from their mother's womb then they will understand that this was not by any adventure as it is said in the 22nd Psalm verse 9 thou hast drawn me out from my mother's womb and God manifests a singular power when children come into the world and why then did not he permit and ordain that Jacob should have the privilege of birthright for this was appropriate since he meant to banish Esau out of the church and would have Jacob to remain there and to succeed in the place of his father Isaac and Abraham and why does God then pull him back and make him inferior to his brother as touching the law of nature and afterwards setting him above him in this we see that God would shut out all the glory of man that he would that all height should be thrown down and that men should bring nothing of their own to the end to say I have attained such or such a good thing I have gotten it by my own industry we see then that which I have already touched that is to say 
that we have here a glass wherein we may behold that all they that are of the church are not advanced thereto by their own virtue and that they have not obtained this favor by their merits but that God has chosen them before they were born see then briefly what we have to hold out of this place but now a man might here move some doubt for Moses says expressly that this was extended to two peoples and that it was that it was not only in respect of Jacob and Esau that this struggling combat was moved as touching their persons but that it was in respect of their successors and each other's posterity now it is so that many which descended of Jacob were nevertheless rejected for he stays upon that that is spoken here to this effect that the stock and offspring of Jacob was chosen and that of Esau rejected and yet notwithstanding a man may see that the most part of those that descended of Jacob were disallowed of God and that he pronounces them bastard children the children of an harlot and such as were sprung of fornication and that they belonged nothing at all unto him and that it was a vain thing for them to glory or boast of his name now how can these agree together let us mark that God sets such a spectacle before the eyes of Jacob and Rebekah to show them what the condition and state of the church should be for God in few words testifies unto them that his church should come of Jacob and not that all they which he should beget concerning the flesh must be of the church but it was enough that he remained there and that God kept him and that Esau was driven out in time as afterwards we shall see this shall be better understood by that exposition which St. Paul gives in Romans chapter 9 verse 6 he takes this sentence thus all they which are of Jacob after the flesh are not for all that true Israelites that is to say they are not of the people of God for he had two names as we shall see hereafter indeed Jacob and Israel and that it is so before the children were born lo God which severs the one from the other and shows that this is not one body and that they were not united together but that one was reserved and the other rejected St. Paul therefore well understood that they which should be born of Jacob were not all elected of God for he sends us to the beginning and says that the one was separated from the other by the secret counsel of God and that we cannot comprehend and set forth the reason thereof for as much as I have already said that he keeps his liberty in such sort that it well suffices that the church be procreated of his stock albeit that all do not appertain unto it we have before declared that there was a double grace or favor in this stock of Abraham one was that God had in general declared that he would be their father circumcision also was common to them all now circumcision was not in vain but it bear witness of the remission of sins and of the righteousness that all the faithful must obtain through our Lord Jesus Christ lo then Ishmael who was circumcised as much as was on God's behalf he received the sacrament that might assure him that God accounted him of the number of his children that he was a member of Jesus Christ that the curse which he had drawn from Adam was abolished yea but this stood him in no stead at all as much may be said of Esau <clears throat> and of all their like 
But howsoever it was, we must not despite the benefit that he showed towards all the stock of Abraham, as at this day when we speak of the inestimable blessing that God has bestowed upon us when his gospel was preached. This same shall be spoken unto all indifferently. Men will say that God has used a very singular mercy towards us inasmuch as he has lightened us by his word that we should know the way of salvation. In the meantime, we see others that wander in darkness and confusion as if God had forgotten and altogether cast them off. Behold the papists, albeit they be full of pride and rebellion, yet they are tossed to and fro of Satan, so as they know neither way nor path. And in meantime, God calls us to him daily, and there is mention of his covenant to the end that we should know that he is always merciful unto us, and that we may call upon him in a true certainty, not doubting, but that he will be our father. <clears throat> Behold then a benefit which we ought not to esteem lightly. And yet there are great many to whom this serves not but to condemnation. For there is so much the more unthankfulness if they be rebels against God and disdain to accept the fatherly favor that he offered unto them. So then, behold, such a favor already bestowed upon us as that was upon the stock of Abraham. But there was also a second grace, the which must be restrained to these bounds, to this effect, that God has chosen of this stock those that have seemed good unto him, as he received Isaac to himself, and Ishmael had no place in his house, he might well be accounted for a time a member of his house, but in the end he was cut off. As much may be said of the children of Keturah. And behold, although Esau were the firstborn, yet God shut him out. See therefore a second favor which was in Abraham's family. That is, that God held to himself those that he thought good. For Jacob was as the root of this stock which sprung afterwards. And farther, mark for what cause all the elect were figured in his person, and that God sets forth unto us that they have not that of themselves, which he through his only goodness gives unto them, and that they cannot brag that this was of their own moving, that they attained to salvation, but that they were drawn to it. Yea, inasmuch as they were chosen before the creation of the world, and consequently before their birth. Behold, wherefore, St. Paul, in this place that we have alleged, for the more full declaration adjoins the testimony of Moses from the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 19. I will have mercy on him on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on him on whom I will have compassion. <clears throat> it should seem that this is a broken speech, and from the purpose that it is of great importance. For it is as much as if God had said, I know whom I will refuse, and there is no need that any come in this case to plead with me, for this consists in my liberty. When we shall mark our common speech, this shall not be dark at all. For if a man say, I will do that, I will do. That is to say, I will do that which I think good to do. By this he shows that he will not submit himself to any person. He shows that he is neither tied nor bound to open his counsel and purpose in that he has to do. So God says, I will show mercy to him that I will show mercy. As if he should say, 
My mercy depends neither upon this or that, neither must the cause be sought in any other, nor I bound to any law. For I know what I ought to do, and in the meantime, my mercy shall have place, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. That is to say, I mark not who is worthy of it, for there is not one. But yet, I will not cease to show mercy to some, in fact, to such as I shall have chosen. Mark then how precisely God speaks, and this is to beat down whatsoever man can allege to shut the door against all curiosity and set a bar against all presumption, and that we do simply reverence him, leaving that to him which he has reserved to himself. That is to say, when he saves, it is of his free goodness. And when he condemns, that we should not enterprise to bark against God, but that we should shut up our mouth, unless it be to glorify him. <clears throat> now, let us mark that this was spoken by Moses when the people already multiplied, and after that God had brought them out of Egypt. Behold, a church descended from the race of Jacob, for from this same barren house, and which was as it were desolate, God had drawn so great a multitude therefrom, that this seemed rather to be a notorious miracle, and that this promise was verified, that Abraham's seed should be as the stars of heaven. Was not this in a goodly show in respect of men? God says of this multitude here, I will retain as many as I shall think good. I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy, and let no man ask the reason thereof. It is true indeed that God has reason, but it follows not, therefore, that we can comprehend it, or that we must break out beyond our bounds into his secrets. We must, therefore, know that in respect of us, there is no reason. <clears throat> but the counsel of God ought to be unto us in all respects the rule of righteousness, wisdom, and equity. Mark, therefore, how the exposition of St. Paul agrees very well to that which is here pronounced. That is, to this effect, that there were two peoples in the belly of Rebekah, and that from her bowels two nations should be divided. And this was as much as if God had testified that there should be such a divorce, that yet the stock of Jacob should remain blessed. Not altogether without exception, but those whom it should please God to keep to himself, as he had chosen them before the creation of the world. See then the sum of that which is contained here. <clears throat> but before we go any farther, let us well note that which has been said. That is to say, that the principal thing which we have to observe is this, that God will have the whole praise of our salvation to be attributed to him. For what is the root and the beginning of the church? It is his election. See where too Moses calls us, yea, according to the interpretation of St. Paul, and the text also herein is most plain. For here, as I have said, there is not any question of any earthly or transitory inheritance. It is of everlasting life that Abraham had hoped for according to that he had received through the promise. Now, see Jacob, an heir. And why so? Was it because he put himself in the favor of God? Or for that he had purchased favor for anything he brought? It was not so. See then Moses, see then the text of Moses without any gloss, which shows sufficiently 
that the church springs from the pure grace of God and so that all the praise of our salvation must wholly be reserved to himself now for all this they that would overthrow and darken this doctrine say although that God knew no merit in Jacob yet he foresaw well enough that he should be such a one behold for what cause they say he was chosen and Esau rejected to be short inasmuch as a great sort of those dogs dare not openly and flatly deny the election of God they would that there should be a superior cause in fact his foreknowledge and what is that foreknowledge it is that God foresees what manner of one every one must be and he chooses says say they those whom he has foreseen to be of a good nature and affection and it is no marvel if he accept them before others for he knows the good which appears not yet but is to come but such kind of men have no drop of the fear of God for they manifestly blaspheme against the Holy Ghost who has spoken by the mouth of St. Paul and these mock at that which St. Paul has spoken as if it were a fable for if a man accept their solution then has St. Paul spoken as an ignorant and unadvised man for he takes this reason he found neither good nor evil neither in Isaac nor in Esau nor in Jacob notwithstanding God chose the one and rejected the other but the reply shall be easy in the opinion of these fanatical persons and how? it is true that there was neither good nor evil but there must be either good or evil and God did so foresee it but St. Paul presupposes that this be true indeed that we are all damned and that until that God had chosen us it must needs be that we should remain as serpents full of venom and that there was nothing in us but matter of wrath and of the vengeance of God and that we are altogether confounded and full of poison and iniquity observe Jacob's case as well as Esau's for what shall we find in the race of Adam but all corruption we are therefore infected before God and inasmuch as the root is accursed and vicious and altogether rotten it must needs be that the fruits be of the same sort so then when God shall leave us such as we are it must needs be that we all perish and that there remain not one but that we be all lost and consumed to be short this doctrine is common enough in the Holy Scripture that we are all the children of wrath it follows then that there was no diversity in Esau and Jacob and that God had not distinguished the one from the other for that he found or foresaw any good either in the one or other for what could he foresee but this corrupted mass of Adam that brings forth no other fruit but malediction see therefore what he foresaw as well in the one as in the other indifferently it follows then that he had put in Jacob that which is found in him and that he left Esau such a one as his birth brought him forth see also why it is said in another place the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 that God hath chosen us to the end that we should be holy and unblameable before him he says not because God foresaw that we should be holy he has chosen us but contrarywise 
He derives all our holiness and righteousness and all the good which shall be found in us. He derives it from this root. In effect, in fact, from the election of God to the end we should walk in his fear. That we should have some integrity in us. That we should have some zeal and affection to do well. If this be so, it follows then that God has foreseen nothing in us. For let us take away election, and what shall there remain? As we have declared, we remain altogether lost and accursed, and not without cause. For God saw nothing in us but corruption. And it must needs be that he must disallow us and renounce us, as it is said, that he, had, that he repented that he had made man. Behold then what we may allege on our part. So then, this is too trifling a folly to say that God has chosen his according as he foresaw they should become afterwards. For it must needs be that he put in them that which is good and place it there because he has chosen them. Mark therefore the first step whereby we must begin. That is to say that we nothing differ one from another unless in this that God has discerned us. Mark also for what cause St. Paul disannuls all the glory the which men may usurp. Who is it, says he, that does discern you? He has nothing but this word there to beat down and disannul all pride. And why so? For have you anything, says he, which is your own? Hereby he shows that men cannot choose their own place to say, I will dispose myself to do good, and God shall have pity upon me, and I will come unto his grace. I will have a good notion. I will have this preparation. Now St. Paul excludes all this in saying that we are all lost, that one with another we must be all thrown down and enter into the gulf of hell, except it please God to discern us. Observe from where all our dignity and excellence comes that is for that it pleases God to lend us his hand again let us hold fast this principle and apply all this doctrine which we have rehearsed to this purpose how God has set forth unto us in Jacob and Esau a glass to look into Likewise, let us content ourselves that these two persons may be unto us as two lively images to show us that the world in itself is of like condition, but that one sort is called and not the other, because it has so pleased God. And specially, as I have noted, Jacob was the younger, and it seemed rather that he he should, should be subject to his brother according to the order of nature. Notwithstanding, mark that he was placed in the degree of the firstborn. And Esau not only was put under him, but he was utterly rejected. For in the end, he had no part, no portion in the church. This thing shows very well unto us that God would hold us always convicted that there is no question of bringing anything before God on our part to thrust in ourselves there as if we had any value and worthiness in us. For God is not contrary to himself. Nevertheless, he would show here a certain kind of repugnancy and contrariety. It is he which ordained that the firstborn of the house should be the head now he set down this law, and yet in the meantime he overthrows it. But as I have said, all this agrees very well, for God is above his ordinary law, 
And yet he would change that which was accustomed by a common rule. And he does it to the end that we should know that it is as St. Paul has also said in Romans 9.16 it is neither of the willer nor of the runner but only of him which showeth mercy. Now when St. Paul says that it is neither of him that wills nor of him that runs he means not that we may have some good will of ourselves as he has declared in another place Philippians 2 verse 13 for it is God which giveth it and also he means not that we can enforce ourselves but he shows that men have nothing and therefore they can bring nothing to God there is nothing then but his mercy alone <clears throat> for if men had anything to set against it there must be a parting of stakes and that must be known which is from God and that which is from men and then it might be said that we have not all from the only mercy of God but that therein there is our good will our good running and our good zeal men might so speak but St. Paul would here make frustrate whatsoever men might bring of themselves and show that nothing had dominion herein but the only mercy of God it is very true that many people will enforce themselves yea and they allege the example of the Jews who were swollen as toads with a devilish kind of pride thinking that God was bound as it were to them and who would be accounted righteous according to their works but herein they deceive themselves and shall do nothing but go back instead of going forward when men presume so of themselves it is certain that they rob God of his honor see then these sacrilegious persons and worse than these and moreover until God shall have renewed us whatsoever goodly show we have it is certain that there is nothing in us but stench and we shall be as vile vermin before God <clears throat> so then let us not pretend that we can either will or run but it behooves that God find us as lost and that he recover us from that bottomless pit and that he separate us from them with whom we were lost and to whom we were alike for as I have said the condition of mankind is all one it is true that the one sort are the children of wrath and the other God blesses but from where comes this separation and this divorce from mercy and we must not go to inquire any farther but we must content ourselves with this word alone instead of all reason mark then for what cause namely the firstborn was cast out from his place and in the mean season Jacob who was the inferior was set in his place yea to remain the only heir when Malachi the prophet in Malachi chapter 1 verse 2 speaks of this he reproaches unto the Jews their ingratitude it is true that this was for an outward sign that God had chosen Jacob rather than Esau for as much as he had given the land of Canaan to be his inheritance and that Esau was sent far off amidst the mountains but this is not the sentence whereupon the prophet rests he looks unto a thing much higher St. Paul also when he uses this testimony of his seeing that God had taken unto himself the stock of Jacob he attributes all this to his mere mercy but the prophet says and Esau was he not the brother of Jacob as if he should say you are full of pride and obstinacy yea you burst yourselves therein and it costs you nothing to say oh we are of the holy and sacred stock of Abraham we are the church 
We are the people whom God has blessed and sanctified. Yeah? And from where have you this? Says he. For was not Esau Jacob's brother? You see the Edomians, your brethren, and are they the people of God? You say that they are strangers from the church, and although they have circumcision, yet notwithstanding, God has cut them off. And when comes this, says he, who is it that has so separated them? If you will go from age to age, very well, you shall find how you are the children of Jacob. And Esau, whose child was he, I pray you? Did not he descend from Abraham and Isaac as well as you? But here he speaks not only of the land of Canaan, but he goes farther and says that he loved Jacob and hated Esau. And this love which he bare unto Jacob, from where proceeded it? It is certain that Jacob could not be accepted of him, as we have said, being considered in himself, for behold him, the child of wrath, and bringing nothing from the womb of his mother, but this horrible curse, which was cast upon all mankind. Notwithstanding, God did love him. Now God loves not iniquity. He hates sin as we know. How then loved he Jacob? That was for that he drew him from that perdition wherein he was. And why did he hate Esau? Now it is very true that there is just cause why God should hate all mankind. For as we have said, there is nothing in us but vice and iniquity. But yet, when we will go farther, and that we will demand, why God, before he created the world and before the fall of Adam, why this should be that he would hate or love? Here we must hold ourselves mute and still. Here we must not lift up our horns. For what shall we gain when we will enter into debate and question with God? It is certain that we shall cast stones upon our own heads and they will fall neither here nor there they cannot reach unto the majesty of God but they shall return upon our own pates and it must be that we be crushed and bruised therewith behold then what we shall gain when we open our throat to cast forth blasphemies against God for we shall but cast out our darts and stones into the air but they shall not reach unto him it shall be rather that we be pierced and wounded by them and that we remain confounded in that our rashness and high opinion thus let us content ourselves with that which God has pronounced that is to say that he has hated Esau and loved Jacob now by this the children of Jacob were as well convinced that they had nothing whereof they might glory in themselves and that there rested nothing but that they made an acknowledgement unto God of such a liberal and bountiful goodness which he had used towards them and whereof none could find any reason unless in this that it so pleased him. But notwithstanding they were full of impiety against God and would hold this privilege. But God shows them that it does not belong unto them, and that if they, be, if they accounted him for their father, they must be his children. But hereby we are admonished that although our salvation proceeds from the only grace of God, and that therein consists to the end, notwithstanding, it follows not that under the shadow hereof we can let ourselves loose to evil and give over ourselves to that. But there are villains and dogs <clears throat> that bark against God. And there are also hogs. The one, which are they? They which will bark 
and come to show their teeth and who despite God by their wicked questions as we see at this day in those villains who make no scruple to rend in pieces all the holy scripture to corrupt, pervert, falsify and adulterate all so that they may darken the election of God indeed to make nothing of all and mark whereunto this tends to make this doctrine odious for they will say that they that thus speak they put no more any difference between good and evil and that God by this means should become unrighteous if he should put any difference between one and another and that there should be acceptance of persons in him behold then the dogs that bark and wet their teeth against this doctrine now there are also hogs which will not despite in such sort against it but will say very well if I be elected I may do as much evil as I will for God knows well how to keep me and I can never perish and contrarywise, if I be reprobate why should I torment myself so much to do well seeing that I can never be saved these then as I have already said come not to spew up their contradictions to overthrow the truth of God but they wallow there and remain in their sins as brute beasts but we must take heed both of the one and the other and for this cause as I have said the prophet Malachi showing to the people that all that he had done unto them came of the mere and free bounty of God exhorts them to holiness of life and therefore as it is said unto us that God is the author of our salvation and that we can bring nothing to serve in that matter and that yet we must always be kept under his guard and that he must perfect and accomplish that which he has begun let not this be to the end to let loose the bridle to our vices but rather to keep us in his fear and in very deed when St. Paul says that these are the hidden letters and that it is an incomprehensible secret to know who be the children of God he adds in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 whosoever calleth upon the name of God let him depart from all iniquity let us mark then that God would give us no occasion to do evil when he chose us without any regard to our merits and that he also maintains us by his mere goodness but this is to the end that we should honor him and we should walk in so much the greater carefulness and therefore let us return to that we have touched indeed that he has chosen us to the end that we should be holy and without blame before his face it is true that he has not chosen us so that he found us such but when he chose us it was to the end we should be such it behooves therefore that we march thither and that this be the mark that we aim at all the days of our life but now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God in acknowledging of our faults praying him that he will in such sort make us to feel them that it may be to humble us and to draw us to true repentance to the end we may renounce all our fleshly lusts and affections and that being so cast down in ourselves we may be enlightened by the power of his Holy Spirit to the end to serve and honor him all the time of our life and that by this means we may so much the more be stirred up to give ourselves wholly to him knowing that we hold all of his mere goodness 
and that this may be to glorify his holy name, not only in mouth, but in our whole life. Amen. Let's stand together and bow our hearts in prayer. This recording is copyright and was made with the permission of Old Paths Publications and may not be duplicated without their written permission. This Reformation audio resource was read by Mr. Mike Grounds on June 24, 2001 and is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, are available on the web at www.swrb.com. The site and catalog contain many classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books and CDs at great discounts. We can also be reached by email. Our email address is swrb at swrb.com. Contact us by phone at 780-450-3730. By fax at 780-468-1096. Or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our postal code is T6L3T5. If you do not have a web connection, please contact us to request a free printed catalog.